Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. I want to personally extend my welcome to all of you, those of you joining us online and those of you here in person. I don't want to take for granted that you choose to spend your time with us this morning, especially if you are new to the Christian faith, especially if you are new to church, you are a very, very special guest indeed. But for the rest of us followers of Jesus Christ, you've done yourself a favor by being in God's house this morning and and be encouraged by uh, the Word of God and what we are about to hear just now, all right? Now, as Mike has mentioned, today is a very special Sunday. We call it Open Doors Sunday. For those of you who are not familiar with Open Doors, Open Doors is an amazing organization who've been around for more than 65 years. Their goal is to help and partner with churches to encourage and strengthen uh, followers of Jesus Christ to continue to follow Jesus no matter what the cost, especially in the face of persecution. And just to give you a a perspective, uh, this is happening all around us right now as we speak. This is not just something we read about in history books. This is not just something that happened thousands and thousands of years ago, but this is still happening in our world today. And we are so privileged to be able to partner with Open Doors. Uh, I don't know if you realize this, but as a church, we made it our mission to partner with the local organizations who are doing really, really well in what they do. We've been a long-time partner with Compassion, for example, with Pregnancy Problem House, Prison Fellowship, and Open Doors is one of our missions partner. And every time you give money to this church, you are giving to Open Doors as well. And uh, if you want to give directly as well, I'll leave the QR code here. Uh, it's linked to our specific page, The Rock's Birth, or you can just give to us, and this is what we do as well. Uh, every single time we we give, we know that our money is being put to good use. So I want you to be encouraged by that, right? But again, to set things in context, I just want to let this sink in with you for a minute. I want you to read that for yourself. You saw it on the video, but how about this, hey? There are more than 360 million Christians that are being persecuted right now as we speak simply because of their faith in Jesus Christ. That's one in seven believers. That's one in seven followers of Jesus Christ. Because of the global pandemic the past few years, there have been more persecution than ever before, especially for those who follow Jesus. Followers of of Jesus Christ have been denied basic access to medication, to aid. Uh, when uh, When they had this virus, they couldn't go to hospitals. They couldn't receive Uh, medication simply because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And last year, the number of Christians who died because of their faith increased by 60%, can you imagine, compared to the previous year? Again, simply because they decide to follow Jesus, all right? But they say a picture is worth a thousand words. So I want you to pay attention to the story of Venita. When they snatched my baby daughter from my arms, I felt as if our lives would not be spared that day.
I remember they were armed with rods and they used those to hit us. They hit our pastor's wife's leg so badly that it broke her foot. They fractured her hand as well. That night, for almost half an hour, they kept hitting us and beating us. They smashed up everything in the house. While they were beating me, I was holding my six-month-old daughter, but they snatched her from me and threw her on the floor, injuring her leg. As I was running, they were chasing behind, beating me and trying to catch me. My life was saved as I ran into my neighbor's house and was protected. Otherwise, surely they would have beaten me to death. When we were admitted in the hospital, we could not receive any treatment because of pressure from the attackers. For three days, we received no treatment. I prayed every day because our pastor's wife's condition was so serious. If it had not been for the timely help provided by your ministry partners, my pastor's wife would have died. She was in need of urgent care due to her serious condition. Before Jesus left this world and his body, he said, Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. And from this verse, I have learned to forgive my enemies. When we talk about Christianity, we often talk about the benefit of following Jesus. And don't get me wrong, there are so many benefits of following Jesus. Mike has mentioned it from this stage that following Jesus will make your life better and will make, your, will make you better at life. And that is true. One of the reasons I follow Jesus is because Jesus is good. Jesus has promised me that Jesus is going to be with me. That is the benefit of following Jesus. But do you know that there is another side to following Jesus that we don't always talk about in church? This is the, you can call it the ugly side of Christianity that we try to hide from followers of Jesus Christ, and we shouldn't. I don't know why, especially right here in the West, we keep telling people only the benefit of following Jesus, but we don't tell people the other side of following Jesus. Before Jesus was crucified, this is what he said to his disciples, to his followers. He said this, remember what I told you. Do you know what that means? That means Jesus has spoken on this before. This is not the first time that Jesus talked about this. Maybe he's talked about this many times, at least once. That's why Jesus said, remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. He's talking about the relationship between him and us. We are the servants, right? And this is the implication. Jesus said, if they persecute me, they will persecute you also. 
notice this is something that Jesus says will happen. Jesus talks about it as a matter of certainty. It's not like if, they, if you follow me, you may be saved, you may be persecuted, I don't know what's going to happen. No. Jesus says, if you decide to follow me, they will persecute you also. And history has proven that this is true all throughout our Christian faith history, this is very, very true. In the New Testament, we read about the first martyr named Stephen who was stoned to death. If you don't know anything about Stephen, Stephen was one of the seven deacons chosen by the apostles to distribute food to the widows and to the poor. And Stephen was preaching boldly, recorded for us in Acts chapter 7. And the people didn't like it and they stoned, literally they stoned him to death. And just like Jesus, just like Venita, Stephen, in the midst of persecution, while the stones were being thrown at him, he prayed for the, for the Father to forgive his persecutors. Isn't that amazing? But Stephen's death is only the beginning. Listen to the report of what happened after the stoning of Stephen in Jerusalem. This is recorded for us by Luke in Acts chapter 8. Luke wrote this, Saul was one of the witnesses and he approved the killing of Stephen, Saul was one of the gang leaders at the time. A great wave of persecution began that day. Listen, a great wave of persecution. This was not a small, tiny, little, pocketed persecution. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. That means it's citywide, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. But Saul was going everywhere from house to house to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. So as Stephen was being stoned, persecution broke out in Jerusalem. Christians scattered all over the region of that time. And surprisingly, ironically, that's how Christianity grew. As people were fleeing Jerusalem to avoid persecution, the gospel of Jesus Christ was spread far and wide. And if that's not ironic enough for you, the one person probably responsible more than any other in spreading this gospel was none other than Saul himself. That's right. The same Saul who approved the killing of Stephen, the same Saul who dragged out both women and men to throw them into prison, this same Saul met with the resurrected Jesus and his name changed from Saul to Paul and he overnight became the persecutor to being the persecuted. And this is the life of Paul, and he recorded it for us. This is not a, in like an occasional experience for him. This is a day-to-day -day experience for the Apostle Paul. And this is what he wrote in his letter to the, first, to the Corinthians. He said this, I have been put in prison more often than any of you. I've been whipped times without number. He forgotten how many times he's been whipped and faced death again and again. Five different times, the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Can you imagine what his back must have looked like? Can you imagine how he slept at night with so many lashes upon his back? That's Paul. And he continued, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. 
not stone like this, but stone to death, right? And, and eventually, according to a tradition, Paul was even beheaded at the end. You know, he was put in prison so many times, and finally, he was beheaded by Rome as well. And, and, and Christianity began to spread, you know, continued to spread wildly. And as Christianity continued to spread, the persecution against the Christians also continued. Tacitus, a historian, wrote about what happened to the first group of believers under Nero. This is what Tacitus wrote. Nero fastened the guilt and inflicted the most exquisite tortures on a class hated for their abominations called Christians, named after Christ. Mockery of every sort was added to their deaths, covered with the skins of bees. They were torn by dogs and perished, or were nailed to the crosses, or were doomed to the flames and burned to serve as a nightly illumination when daylight had expired. Literally, Nero used the Christians as human torches to light up his palace. This is what happened to the first group of believers in the first century. This happened in reality, people. This is not just happened in history book, detached from, you know, the actual, the actual events that happened. This is reality. And one of the early Christians who was persecuted was a young lady by the name of Perpetua. I don't know if you ever heard about her or not. Perpetua was a 22-year-old young mother of an infant child. Uh, he was, she was martyred along with Felicity and four other Christians for converting to Christianity. And she wrote her diary while in prison in Carthage in, in West Africa or North Africa. And the diary of Perpetua was probably the first writing that we have from a Christian woman. And her, his, her story is so inspirational. Uh, an eyewitness wrote what happened to Perpetua and, and they wrote this. Perpetua with heroic chastity faces down the animals and gladiators. And finally, after being tormented by several animals, a young gladiator is sent into the arena to kill her. It is an incredibly moving scene. His hand is trembling so much that he can't cut her. And so, this is what she did. She grabs his hand, guides his sword to her throat. I want to tell you, as long as Christianity has existed, followers of Jesus Christ have been persecuted. Why? Because Jesus had said so. Because Jesus had predicted this will happen. Not only did Jesus predict that this is going to happen, Jesus told us, get this, you will be surprised to hear this. Not only did Jesus predict that this is going to happen, Jesus told us to embrace it. This is what he said to the crowd when he was alive. If any of you, and these words still applies to you and to me today. Imagine Jesus is saying it to you. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. You know, to get eternal life is very simple, right? For those of you who are new to the Christian faith, let me tell you, the very famous John 3:16. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. God is not, is not your divine employer. You don't have to perform for him. He's your heavenly father. 
So the way to him is through relationship. And God wants to have a relationship with you. And Jesus Christ has made it possible for us through his death and resurrection to have a relationship with God simply by believing in him. So that's the condition for us to have eternal life. But do you know that following Jesus also has a condition? Jesus said what the condition is. If any of you wants to be my follower, what is the condition? This is the condition. This is not optional. You must. The word must means it's not optional, right? You must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Notice Jesus did not say, if you want to be my follower, you can have, let's make a deal. You can have your way 50% of the time, and let me have my way in your life the other 50% of the time. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you want to be my follower, you must you must give up your own way. That means from time to time, if your way clashes with the way of Jesus, you have to say no to you in order for you to be able to say yes to Jesus. From time to time, if my will for my life clash with Jesus' will for my life, I need to be able to say no to Daniel so that Daniel can say yes to Jesus. You know, Daniel might have a different will for Daniel, right? If you ask me what my will is, what I want, man, like any of you, I want comfort. I want protection. I want an uh, easy life. I want to drive a new car. I want to be able to go on holidays to Europe. You know, I want so many things in my life. But the question is, if I decide that I want to follow Jesus... From time to time, I need to evaluate if my way for me is exactly the same as Jesus' way for me. And that means, possibly, I need to say no to me so that I can say yes to Jesus. That's what it means to follow Jesus. That's what it means to carry your cross daily. You know, so many Christians live their life right now, and they don't even have their life. They don't realize it. Because Jesus said, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. You know, how many people try to hang on to their life, and as a result, they have lost their life? They still exist. But so many Christians have lost the meaning of their existence because they tried so hard to hang on to their time, to their comfort, to their money. And as a result, the good work that God had prepared in advance for them to do, Ephesians 2 verse 10, they don't get to live it. Why? Because they try so hard to hang on. And Jesus said, nah, if you try to hang on to your life, you may have the money that you've, you've collected over the years. You may have your spare time that you can spend with just your family and friends. But what is the cost? The cost is you lose it. You lose your life. You lose the meaning of your life. But Jesus says, if you give your life for my sake, you will save it. And you will know what living is really like John 10 verse 10. I give you life that is truly life. That's what it means. Not just a life of blessings, but a life of meaning where you know that your daily existence matters for the kingdom of God. All right? That's what following Jesus means. That's what carrying the cross means. A lot of Christians right now, they don't even have any idea what it means to carry your cross daily. 
A lot of Christians think carrying your cross daily means wearing your Christian, uh, wearing your cross necklace with pride. That's not carrying your cross daily. A lot of Christians think carrying your cross daily means uh, you put a bumper sticker on the, at the back of your car, honk if you love Jesus, or you have this vanity number plate, John 3.16, so that people know that you are following Jesus. That's what it means to carry your cross. No, that's not what it means to carry your cross. Or some people think that, you know, if you don't get your way, you feel like you are being persecuted. That's what it means to carry the cross. No. You know, a lot of Christians complain, right, that they're being persecuted, But when you ask them, like, why are you being persecuted? You find out that, oh, that's persecution for you? You don't get your way? And you think you're being persecuted? I don't know if you know this story or not, but several years ago, uh, there was a, a controversy, okay, of how Christians should respond to Starbucks' decision to take snowflakes and reindeers from their holiday red cups to make it more neutral to everyone you know, because not everyone celebrates Christmas, right? And, and a lot of Christians complain about that. There was one guy who was so adamant about this, and he said all over social media, we are being persecuted by Starbucks because they took the snowflakes and the reindeers of the red cups. Seriously? This is persecution to you? Can you imagine standing before God in heaven? There you are, right? And, and there's a row of believers, followers of Jesus who've been persecuted for their faith. You have John the Baptist who was beheaded. You have the Apostle Paul who was beheaded. You have Christians who've been used as human flames, human torches, right, for Nero. You have Dietrich Bonhoeffer who was hung at the gallows by the Nazi because of his faith. You know, you have, uh, who else? Polycarp who was burned at the stake. You have millions and millions of Christians who died because of their faith. And then God turned to you and asked you, hey, Daniel, how have you been persecuted for your faith? And then I say, oh, well, Lord, you wouldn't believe what happened to me. I had to drink my coffee from this ugly-looking red cup with no snowflakes and reindeers on it. Can you imagine? That's persecution. And for a lot of Christians, that's persecution, you know, because they don't get their way. Uh, that's why a lot of skeptics outside says, like, well, you Christians, you just, you just try to get your way all the time. And that is not carrying your cross daily. You know, when Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, what he means is, follow me regardless of the cost. Follow me regardless whether you get your way or not. Continue to follow me. So I have to make a decision. I need to decide that I want to follow Jesus when being a Christian is popular or when being a Christian is not popular. I want to follow Jesus when being a Christian is convenient for me, and when being a Christian is not convenient for me. Sorry, Lord, I can't go to church because, you know, I kind of clash with my baby's sleeping time. So this is not a good time right now in our life. Maybe when the baby's older, now we start coming back to church. For example, you know, no, that's not following Jesus. Following Jesus means I want to follow Jesus Whether or not I'm blessed, I need to follow Jesus. Whether or not it's safe, I need to follow Jesus. It doesn't matter if I get something when I come to church, for example. The singing is great, sermon is wonderful. Or when I go to church, like, ah, got nothing. You know, uh, maybe I should stop coming. 
No. You need to follow Jesus. I need to follow Jesus when it's beneficial for me and when it's not beneficial for me as well. All right? I think it is time for followers of Jesus around the world to realize that this is what it means to follow Jesus. We need to be willing to pay the price. All right? I don't want you to be persecuted because of your own silliness. That is not persecution. A lot of Christians, again, you know, just because, just because they bash people with the Bible, just because they're just so uh, frontal with the way they share their faith and they're being persecuted and they say, oh, I'm being persecuted. No, you're being persecuted because you are an obnoxious person in the office. Maybe that's why. But Jesus says in Matthew 5, blessed are you when you are persecuted for my sake, when you are being persecuted for righteousness, that's when you say, thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to participate in your suffering. All right? Now, I want to leave you with this reflection. This is for you as much as it is for me, by the way, okay? It's very simple. Question is, is your version of Christianity worth the price that your Savior and others have paid to bring it to you? Is your version of Christianity worth the price that your Savior and others have paid to bring it to you? What is your version of Christianity? Is it bless me, protect me, or is it send me? Use me. Is it worth the blood of Jesus Christ? And for a lot of Christians all over the world, they give their life literally because of their faith in following Jesus. And not only do we need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world, but we need to pray for ourselves. I think a lot of Christians in more safe places like Australia, we need prayers too because we're not following Jesus. We're not. We're just a big fan. We just like Jesus enough. We like Him enough. But we don't want too much of Him that it requires us to carry the cross daily and follow Jesus. Like I said at the beginning, uh, we're going to do something different today. Uh, today, we're going to pray, okay? We're going to pray for ourselves. We're going to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world. But before we do, I want you to l listen to another amazing testimony from this special brother and special sister in Christ. Hello, my name is Rasul. Hello, my name is Faire, or you can call me Fa. I was born in Iran and grew up in a very religious Muslim family. I grew up learning about uh, Islamic teachings. At the age of 25, I was introduced to Christ by my colleague. And after reading the Bible and hearing his testimony and realizing that I was a sinner, I decided to believe in Jesus as my savior. I also grew up in a religious Muslim family and attended Quran classes since I was 
a child. I always wanted to have a very close relationship with God, but I was not at peace in any part of the religious ceremony. When I was in year 11, I had a design teacher who was a very kind and wise lady. And uh, one day I had a dream in which I felt very happy. I told my dream to my teacher and she shared with me the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus died for my sins. So I believed in Jesus Christ without any question, with a heart full of peace. And uh, when I was reading the Bible, I found a verse that was exactly this dream I had received. The verse was in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38. Then he said to his disciple, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest fields. After believing Jesus, I went to church, and there I met Fa, who would later become my wife. After some time, my family found out that I had become a Christian. I was rejected by my family when uh, we get married in a church building in Iran. But later, this church was closed by the government. We started serving in Iran, and after one year of serving, several house churches were established. But we kept receiving threats from our family and the government. After some time, because of the constant threats, we were forced to leave Iran and immigrated to Turkey and took refuge there, and that time I was seven months pregnant. Not too long after we, we migrated to Turkey, we were invited to serve with Elam Ministry. God did great things in our life and gave us vic victories in Turkey. We started to meet at home at first, then we found a nice place where we could meet. In this place, we had prayer meetings, worship, baptism, and many other ceremonies. Four years ago in uh, 2018, we came to Australia and here we serve in the Iranian church and also we have online services for people in Iran, in Turkey, and also in Australia. One day we decided that we need to go to an English-speaking church. I prayed and used my Google Map. It showed me the Rocks Church. So we came here and fell in love with this church and we are so happy to make the Rocks Church family. And we like this slogan very much, very much, and this is coming from my heart. No perfect people allowed, yes, Exactly, because the only one who is perfect is just Jesus Christ. Christian persecution is still happening in Iran. We have a very, very good team in Iran who sends Bibles to people who need them. And for the safety of the brothers and sisters there, 
they hide the books in a certain place and we inform them on what day and time to pick up their books. And also, we still try to serve our persecuted brothers and sisters from here. With my uh, dear Afghan brother, Khalil, we record program for Afghan and Farsi-speaking people through satellite. Please pray for Iran and pray for our brothers and sisters who are in prisons and their faith and who experience suffering and hardship because of their faith in Jesus. Thank you for listening to us. God bless you all. God bless you all. Let's give a hand to Rasul and Fa. And they're actually here. So if I can get Rasul and Fa to come to the stage, well, let's pray for them. Uh, isn't it amazing that God is working so powerfully all over the world to do uh, what Jesus has promised to do, that he's going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it no matter what. So this is Rasul and his wife, Far. Uh, when they first came to this church, they introduced themselves to me and we've been friends since. And, and, but two weeks ago, I just found out that they take what we do here every Sunday, uh, sermon-wise, and they take notes and they use it uh, as their ministry to serve and to bless the brothers and sisters in Iran and in Turkey. Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes exactly. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so you have the Zoom meeting yes. and also the recording yes. uh, and the teaching goes to... Uh, pretty much all the Farsi-speaking world. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, wow, isn't that fantastic? And I think two weeks ago, I was speaking to Rasul, and he told me one good news, and he's always excited about sharing me what ha what's happening in that part of the world. And But two, three weeks ago, I think, you came to me and said, Pastor Daniel, something amazing happened. We just baptized another brother in Turkey, and Rasul was part of the baptism through Zoom. Can you believe that? You know. So can you tell me what happened with that baptism? Yeah, yeah. A new believer in Iran, uh, near the four months. So he was a new believer in Iran. Yes. But he yes. was baptized in Turkey. Yeah, yes. We uh, we, uh, we send it uh, to Turkey, and uh, my friend uh, in Turkey baptized, baptized your friend in Turkey yeah. baptized him. Yes. And throughout the baptism, you were following through Zoom. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow! Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> what God is doing all over the world, and God uh, working the different ways. That's right. Uh, in and my country, very uh, dangerous for baptize because yeah. government uh, persecution. Uh, yeah, yeah, persecution yeah. about the wow. uh, Christian people always uh, very dangerous for yeah. Christian. Now, many many Iranian uh, Christian in in the jail uh, between mm -hmm. the ten years or fifteen years. So they in jail yeah, for in ten jail. or fifteen yes. years because yes. of their faith in yeah. Iran. Wow! Wow! Rasul and Fa, we are so happy that, that you can uh, become a part of our family. We're here to support you. Uh, so let us know whatever that you need. If we can help, we will definitely try to help in your ministry. I think you're doing a great, amazing thing for God and His kingdom. And we want to continue to support you. Uh, right now, we want to pray for you. So uh, let's pray. Thank hey, you if so you much. can help me by extending your hands toward them as a sign of, you know, we asking God to bless their lives and their, their ministry. All right? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, our heart is just glowing with warmth as we listen to 
the amazing stories of faith all over the world. Lord, it is amazing and so inspiring to see that all over the world, people choose to follow you regardless of the cost. And Father, we want to thank you for our brother Rasul and his wife Far, for the amazing work that they do in Iran and in Turkey, for um, the amazing work that they do, even though they're here in Australia. They continue to serve you every Friday through Zoom, Sunday, recording. Lord, uh, we're just so grateful that we can be a part of their ministry as we serve them here in our church as well. So thank you so much, Lord Jesus. We want to ask, Lord, for courage that you continue to give them boldness as they speak your word faithfully and powerfully. We want to ask for provision. We want to ask for the peace that passes understanding for all their friends and family members who are still in Iran. I pray, God, that you will also protect them and deliver them from persecution. For our brothers and sisters in Iran who are in jail for... 10, 15, 20 years because of their faith. Give them the courage, the strength as well, Lord, to continue to stay strong in their faith. Lord, they're so inspiring to us. And help us, Lord, followers of Jesus here in Australia, to also be strong in our faith, to also take up our cross daily and follow you, whatever that looks like. If it means giving money, giving time, giving resources, Lord, we want to follow you and carry our cross daily here as well. We thank you so much. So we want to commend Rasul and Far into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. If you agree with me, say amen. Amen. Thank you, Rasul and Far. God bless you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more great resources and to keep yourself up to date, head to our website. Visit therocks.church.com.